Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Basketball Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Uh, Eric Church fan, sorry. With SI's Pat Forty. Not only that... They decided to do this on the fly with the biggest, most complex cases they've ever had. Here's Pat and Dan. Our welcome to the pod. Final four coming up. Men's and women. We're going to get the basketball. Pat, there's a lot of Carolina fans angry at you. There are. I've never known. I, I had no idea how much people loved Leaky Black. At least for the last three weeks. Said Leaky Black did not deserve to be a starter. And uh, because of that, uh, yeah. they are very angry. We have uh, I personally, outrage. Yes, he plays defense. We'll get to it, I guess. I, I, well, we, just, we can get to it right now. Let's address it right now. Okay. Um, I cannot say a bad word about anyone named Leaky Black. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too good of a name. It's not his given name, nickname given by his grandmother. Leaky Black reminds me of the great character played by uh, Michael K. Williams, the late Michael K. Williams from The Wire when he was in uh, Boardwalk Empire. He was kind of like the head of a crime syndicate, and his nick- his name was Chalky White. <laughs> Chalky White, Leaky Black. Yeah, yeah there's some similarities right? there. I think yeah. there was like, did, did so obviously Leaky is 21 years old, so, you know, he was born before i don't know is chalky white a real person i don't know i don't know if chalky white like he might be i don't know i don't know chalky white leaky black i'm in favor of both <laughs> chalky so I'm white, on the leaky black we need stumpy brown okay we're gonna get into everything else but let's defend yourself why should <laughs> chalky white not be in the lineup and what the hell do you know <laughs> clearly i know nothing because everybody on twitter told me i know nothing so, yes, what happened? Somebody transcribed those, like, two or three sentences from the last pod where I said that uh, Carolina has a tradition, a heritage of having, like, one guy in the lineup that the coaches love that you're like, why? Why does this guy play that much? And for me, with this team, it's Leaky Black. And I was told vociferously over and over that, to my ignorance, Leaky Black apparently is like Michael Jordan on the Dream Team. Uh, the defender, the shutdown stopper of all time. Uh, and now I, they, they do need to do a little work getting their story straight because I was told by many people that he shut down A.J. Griffin and in Cameron Indoor Stadium, but then I was also told he shut down Paolo Banquero. 
in Cameron Indoor Stadium. So figure it out which one he shut down. That's how good yep. he is. Both. Yeah, of course. At the same good he is. damn at, time. At the same damn time. Unbelievable. Leaky covered one, black covered the other. That's it. Yeah. Two guys. <laughs> Leaky black. Yeah. By yeah. the way, Chalky so, White was was based on two different people, but he was uh, mostly based on a boxer that was named Chalky Wright. Ah, okay. Okay. All right. Do love a so good, not a real character. So it's maybe true. now Leaky would have been very young at the time when yeah. Boardwalk Empire was written, but maybe they heard of him somehow and decided to steal the name Leaky Black and turn it into Chalky White. Maybe. Maybe it's a good conquered North Carolina nickname. You know, it's, he's from from there. I did I did look that up. But I, my apologies to the offended Carolina masses for not completely doing my homework. Not so much on Leaky Black, although, yes, okay. Profoundly good defender of people. I had never seen North Carolina play. I watched him at least a half dozen times this year. Didn't see much of anybody playing defense when they were getting blown off the court by Kentucky, uh, Miami, Duke and Chapel Hill, etc. But apparently now he is the he is the greatest stopper since Bobby Jones. Ah, there's a North Carolina name for you. Heels, Bobby Jones, the great <laughs> defender in the '70s for uh, Dean Smith. But here, the point I should have made more articulately. If we're gonna go fact-checking the podcast of all friggin' things. I should actually be correct. But this is, Dan Wetzel, you can verify this. Did Dean Did Dean Smith not drive you crazy by playing too many guys? I mean, he would constantly, he'd have these teams that were just stacked and loaded, and he's playing, has he, 1993-94 team. Jerry Stackhouse, 21 minutes a game. Rasheed Wallace, 21 minutes a game. Ryan Reese, 21 minutes a game. Kevin Salvadori, 21 minutes a game. Dante Calabria, 21 minutes a game. Maybe you should just play Sheed and Stack some more and you would have made the final four. They didn't that year. Roy, Roy wasn't quite as bad, but Roy had his guys too. 2005-6, Wes Miller, 23 minutes a game. Marcus Ginyard, 19 minutes a game. Bobby Fraser. So they got guys playing too many guys. That's the Carolina. That is the point I inarticulately and somewhat erroneously was trying to make. My apologies to Scott Cherry. I threw his name in there. <laughs> he took it well, though. They dragged him into this on Twitter. Poor Scott Cherry. <laughs> All right, look at your Twitter beefs and whatever pathetic things happen in your social media life. I don't care. I, let me say this. I do give you credit for this. You will argue any ridiculous. I mean, you just took shots at Dean Smith and Roy Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Great coaches. Won Dean, more Smith. Titles. Right. Dean Smith won two national titles. He probably should have won five. Mm. Play your best players. Roy blew a bunch of teams too. Roy yeah. was not a great coach. Good recruiter though. Yeah. Anyway, Leaky Black's real name is Rashawn, I think. R E C H O N. His middle name is Malik. And his okay. grandmother took Malik, called him Leaky. Now we got Leaky Black. I'm on his side by name only. Okay. <laughs> My apologies, Leaky Black. You know what? I'll go up and I'll hug him at the final four. I'll tell him what a great guy he is. That's not bad. You know what? While we're well, one other kind of non-basketball Duke Carolina thing. Okay, we have uh, we have this uh, this situation. Eric Church is a uh, country oh, yeah. music singer. Okay, I don't know a whole lot about country music, but uh, I believe I've heard his name, so he must be pretty popular. He had a and he had a concert set for Saturday night at the AT and T Center in San Antonio. That's where the Spurs play. So many people obviously want to go watch uh, and listen to uh, Eric Church. Uh, and he canceled. He canceled on Tuesday, just canceled the show and said straight up, I've got to watch the Carolina Duke game. 
He is a huge North Carolina fan, and he is straight up canceling. I respect. And he just <laughs> that's thousands of dollars. He's just lighting on fire, and it's awesome. I uh, probably well. First off, like does it, yeah. Th- not only does he not get the money, he I'm sure the AT and T Center is not letting him out of that whatever the rent is that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna have to. Reschedule. You got roadies. I mean, this is a this is a big hit. Yeah, but the dude, look, he's a, that big a deal. He's fine. Take I the mean, hit, you watch the game. His fans are not happy. Some some are all right. Many others are not. Eric Church is a clown. Different stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nicer than tickets. what North Carolina fans are saying about me. Called a clown is fine. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say anything. He's on their side though. <laughs> he didn't say anything about Leaky Black. He's not trash talking the Duke players or anything. <laughs> He's just not performing. So if you're, let's say you had tickets. This is your big night. You're excited to go. Maybe you drove in from a different. You already have a hotel room paid. Now you might be out on that. You lose your thing because your favorite singer is, is just straight up saying, nah, I can't do it. I got to watch this basketball game. Um, are you angry with that singer? Or do you understand? What if it's a different sport that you don't care about? Yeah, no, I'm, no, that's fine. You know what? Singer's prerogative. It's a big-ass game. Watch the game. <laughs> I mean, Duke, North Carolina, they've played 352 NCAA tournament games. They've never played against each other. Carolina, nobody thought was going to be in the Final Four before. Including March Eric 5th. Church because he scheduled a damn <laughs> concert on the night of the – Absolutely. I have a tip I mean, for that's everybody the- that had tickets, too, to San Antonio. What do you got? So I grew up in San Antonio. There's a Mexican restaurant that has an amazing. I thought you grew up in Chattanooga. What is this? Yeah, wait, wait. I was born in San Antonio, and my family still lives there, so I spend a lot of time there. So um, the there's a great Mexican joint called El Haro that has amazing happy hour and amazing golden margaritas, but their bathroom is positioned in the back where it looks like you go straight, but if you've had a couple two margaritas, you actually have to take a turn. And the mirrors look like you run straight into the mirror. <laughs> and you could go go pregame there. Go have great margaritas before the game. Go to San Antonio. Enjoy your time and watch watch the Final Four on TV from there. So Okay. And smash your face into a mirror. No, watch El people Oro. smash your face. Uh, I'm giving you the right. tip so don't you won't do it. Okay. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's a great hour. You can Doesn't just everyone just pee in the river? Rock, the river water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's that. Eric Church fan, sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, no you know, I got, I respect it, but man, that's just like wild. Because I mean, you would have been distracted. I mean, I, I could see it. See? I think Eric, this guy probably has so much money. Yeah, successful. So like he can take the hit. It's fine. He's just like reschedule I, for some open date in May. Bring essentially, back. this is the only time in your life you're probably going to see this. You've got to be there. Um, going to be a tough pill to swallow, though, if uh, if if Duke wins. Yeah, but he no, would have been distracted of a terrible concert. Yeah, as, as as someone who's listened to zero minutes and zero seconds of Eric Church, to the best of my knowledge, I can't say, you know, how big a blow it is to Sully, the fans. But I, I mean, I've heard of him. I, I've, I've heard pro- his name. I'm sure I've heard his songs. I just don't know. A lot of country songs sound the same. Yeah, he's he's one of the the modern guys that are, are pretty good. They all they do. See awesome. one of these? Does he sing about pickup trucks and drinking by a river? Yeah, sometimes? And like yeah, yeah. But he's he's got some good songs. It's, Very novel it's, stuff. Spring like Spring is his big song. It's got like <laughs> three hundred four million uh, listens on Spotify. Okay. So. Springsteen. I'm sure I've heard it. I'm sure I've heard it. It's a song about a singer. Okay. 
Yeah, he's, right, he's we're going to check it he's out. He's actually one of the ones that I that I could listen to. Most of them are terrible. All right, uh, interesting story here. The United States Senate uh, is back. Always fun when the politicians get involved. Oh boy, we have Cory Booker, former Stanford football player, and Marsha Blackburn. I do not know if she has an athletic background. One's from New Jersey, one's from Tennessee. Uh, they have a bipartisan bill, the NCA Accountability Act of 2021, and it will solve a 10-page bill. This is uh, according to Ross Dellinger, your, your uh, co-worker in Sports Illustrated. Yep. The 10-page bill is an attempt to streamline, shorten, and bring greater equity to an NCA investigative arm that has drawn harsh criticism virtually every corner of college athletics. So basically, it's saying it's too slow, which I would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, the bill requires NCAA inquiries to be completed within eight months of a school receiving a notice that an investigation is opened. Okay. NCA cannot investigate violations or alleged to have happened more than two years before the notice of investigation. The current statute of limitations is four. The bill would prohibit the NCA using confidential sources as evidence for a decision. And a school can appeal punishments by using a three arbiter panel different from the NCA's current appeal committee. That is the bill. Uh, thoughts on this uh, bipartisan legislation? Well, um, I mean, it sounds good. Uh, we'll see if, you know, A, if he can get it passed, and then B, if it'll actually work that way. You know, we've said how many times on this podcast that if you invite Congress in, you get Congress and you can get people who really don't know what they're talking about or understand the processes. I don't think there's anything too outrageous here except for the lack of use of confidential sources. Uh, I, I don't fully understand what the point is there. And I think that you would badly hamstring the ability to find out the truth if you cannot uh, confidentially find things out. I mean, we, we certainly know in journalism the value of confidential sources. How many stories have we written that were 100% true, of course, uh, that were founded on information from confidential sources? Well, this would uh, be as evidence of, for a decision. So I guess you could... You could find out info, but then you'd have to confirm it on the record. Okay. Well, uh, before uh, bring it. I, I, I mean, look, that and the eight months mean almost most cases won't, aren't going to happen. Right. Uh, I mean, I wish this thing was faster. What I, what I would like to see from the NCA, I, I would like it to be faster, but I don't know that putting an arbit like a clock running down first forty-eight. You ever watch that show? Uh, no, but I've heard about it. And I you know, know what, it's yes, like, they've it's got pretty the exciting, but if they yeah. get the guy on like the 50th hour, who cares? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. it's good. It's a good idea no. for a show, but it's like oh, yeah. two days later, the guy confessed. Oh, okay. Um, so why did I waste an hour on this, uh, acting like this clock mattered? It'd be very hard. To, I, I mean, I don't know what NC rules are left. That that's well, one thing. That's There's, a huge part of this. We, after, after NIL has moved in, what, what's, what's a violation? What is it? And what? How do you how do you catch them and and prosecute them, so to speak? So, no. And then look, the eight months. Like right now, the NCAA will at least tell you the investigative part of the process lasts ten months on average. Their average case is ten months, so eight months is not like this radical speed up. But again, yes, you. It's hard to put a definitive time on it, especially a fairly arbitrary one. And secondly, most of the times, the schools that have been accused are the ones that are dragging things out. 
They want extensions. They want delays. They don't cooperate. That sort of thing. Look at LSU. Look at Kansas. I mean, some of these cases where it's like, no, we need a delay. We need this. We need that. It's uh, one of those things where, like, if your team is involved in a replay review at the end of a basketball game, you want the review to last as long as it needs to to get it right. If you're not involved, you don't care. That's where this is. If your school's involved, you want to take as much time as you can. They should put a little writer on this. Like, all reviews, the NCAA tournament has to be done in, like, the 30-second shot. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's, I mean, get, if Congress is going to get involved, things. let's take care of that, too. Yeah, like you got to get add, you add things in there that can appeal to the masses to get more political support. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, my thing with most of these cases is that they try to go too far. And they it's they try to tie up every loose end. So, like, to me, if you... Okay, let's take the Kansas case, okay? So the Kansas case you have... I mean, this is stuff that's certainly not confidential source. You have TJ Gasnola, Merle Code. You have uh, talking to Curtis Townsend. You have Gasnola texting with self. You have this, you have this evidence that's out there, okay? No one else is going to talk. You don't waste time trying to flip somebody. Like, this is the evidence... And you present it and a and a group of people either sit there and believe Kansas' story that Bill Self and Curtis Townsend, everyone in Kansas is the most naive hayseed of all time and have absolutely no idea that someone like TJ Gasnola and James Gatto could possibly be paying players. Or you sit there and go, this is a bunch of BS. These guys knew exactly what was going on. Just got to get a couple real guys. Right. I, to me, you could solve this one way or the other fairly quickly. Like, that's the case. Now, yeah. you either buy the excuse or we didn't know. We weren't really saying help us. When we meant help, we just meant like, hey, if you could put in a good word, you know, <laughs> or yeah. you could sit there and be like, yeah, they knew they were going to drop 89 grand to Billy Preston's mom or yep. something close to it. They didn't know exactly, but Gasnola didn't put 30000 in a in a briefcase and deliver it to his mom in a Manhattan hotel room by accident. <laughs> that wasn't, quote unquote, help. Okay, so don't don't tell Kansas we're doing this. Don't tell nobody. I'm just on my own going to throw third. So but whatever, let's say you do want to believe Kansas's ridiculous idea that Bill Self has no idea how college basketball works, despite being a Hall of Fame coach. Okay, fine. But you could have you could have done this like in 2019. Trial ended in 2018. You had transcripts. You had all the stuff presented. Instead, they spent years reinvestigating the same crap. And I would say now and now the whole thing's like a farce. Right. So like, which one is it? I, I just feel like the a lot of the cases you can just basically, it's just not that hard. To, it's just not that hard to make a decision. And it, okay, maybe if we kept plugging and plugging and plugging, we would also found that this other kid got this or this, you know, it's, it's like these comprehensive audits, right? Because sometimes they'll spill right. over and they, oh, the tennis team, by the way, <laughs> right. yeah, you know, uh, found this. So. I don't know. I, I, I mean, this is probably by sitting there basically saying, don't even try to do extensive investigations would speed it up. Cause I think the NCAA is partially its own problem uh, on that. But I, I don't know. I don't know what's left of, of it. Well, it's not a bad yeah. idea. I guess. I mean, no, the problem was, you know, the NCAA via Condi Rice and that whole committee came up with this IIRP thing because they wanted to take, they wanted to remove the potential conflict of interest of having Greg Sankey being the head of the infractions committee that investigates or decides North Carolina. But the process they created an, a, an, a completely unworkable off-ramp. You got a bunch of people that don't know the rules, that don't know how anything works, and they have to redo everything. And 
Not only that, they decided to do this on the fly with the biggest, most complex cases they've ever had. You know, they didn't start with, hey, here's a jaywalking ticket and here's a speeding ticket. They said, here's federal crimes, supposedly. But those you know, aren't even that complicated. Again, I think they make them complicated. Well, right. I mean, I agree. They're, they took the biggest cases. Yes. Then uh, no, I mean your point is correct that they're not that complicated. You look at the, you look at what came out in court, and you decide is this a violation or not. But they're also, yeah. that's not the way these things work. They also right they yeah they have this this new committee and they are they they go over the top to try to be fair and again they gotta get the people up to speed and also, like the American judicial system you can get called into jury and decide in one day whether a guy murdered somebody. You don't yeah. have to know anything. <laughs> no. Complicated. They prefer you know nothing, as a matter of fact, <laughs> right. on the jury. Have you ever, you know anything about anything? No. Right. Good. You're Do you the- watch television news? <laughs> no. Do you read the paper? No. All right. You're selected. Never heard of it, right? Yeah. They, they, you could take complicated, I mean, they'll have corporate espionage, banking crimes, things that people do not know a whole lot about. And they'll try to dumb it down for the guys in like three day trial and, and, and then you decide someone's fate, like imprisonment. It's just basically how. They got people who knew nothing about college basketball and were able to convince them that Jim Gatto and Merle Code and Christian Dawkins were actually defrauding people, not help, not doing <laughs> yeah. their bidding. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is how dumb the system is because they brought in a compliance structure. So, oh, no, we don't allow that. That's <laughs> we, we we have these forms you got to fill out and say you never saw anything. All right. So I don't know. I don't know if that'll go anywhere. You are right about once you invite Congress in. It is dicey. Uh, it reminds me, we, we mentioned this in the last episode, and I went back and looked at it. The Villanova, quote unquote, scandal under when the guys were using some players on the team oh, yeah. back way back in the day. Using the credit cell phones card, everywhere. phone credit they, card. They, they got a hold of a, of a it, back then, if you want to dial long distance, there was like a, like you had like a calling card. Remember old calling cards? You had like a, yeah, right. You had a oh, password, yeah. right? Yep. So you dial the password and then you could make a long distance call. So got somehow it got around and people were spreading around the basketball team and they were using to call home and call their girlfriends, whatever, long distance calls. And that was a massive scandal at the time. And this is why I, I, this is a direct line. You want to know why we have while just no rules NIL going because the they NCAA spent that. years trying to pretend yeah. that was a big deal. Right. They, yes. they, they made a huge deal for years about they would they they held the line on everything, including the Villanova basketball team calling home to mom. That was scandalous because they got a quote unquote extra benefit. And that's where they lost the people. And that's why in the long run, that Jim Delaney group, that that era of that, that generation of leaders will go down as absolutely just destroying what they thought they were protecting because yeah, they because, lost yeah. the American public on that and they yeah. lost everything. And now, yeah, because you look back and go, come on, they, that was really a, that was a huge scandal. No, they, they lost common sense and they lost common decency to a degree. And I was like, we, we, we are going to begrudge the athletes getting anything. And in the process, yeah, people were like, wait a minute, why do we have all these stupid rules? And eventually every rule became, came to be viewed as stupid whether it was or not. Kerry Kittles got Kerry suspended Kittles. for this. Kerry Kittles made a, quote, significant number of calls over several months. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is what passed for a scandal. Quote, unquote, this is, this is how serious it was. So he's suspended 
athletic director Gene Filippo revealed, uh, re- said in a statement, he has repaid the debt in full with the assistance of his family. I mean, what did that? What was that? Like twenty five bucks? <laughs> Maybe it was a hundred. Who knows? Kerry Kittles. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is why. This is that the, uh, you can direct line it. This is uh, eventually people are just like, come on, this is a bunch of crap. Yeah. There it is. Kerry Kittle shows remorse. I got to read this. Hold on. I made a mistake. Kittle said, I am sorry for the mistake I have made. I have taken full responsibility for my actions. This will have an effect for a very long time. I hope that someday I can regain everyone. I mean, we dragged the guy out. I hope someday I can regain everyone's trust. (laughs) Yeah. As soon as you go back out and score 18 on St. John's, you've got everyone's trust. It's fine. Kittle's. The standing behind a lector, the senior basketball star, Kerry Kittles. He was all American. Four years he did for the made money for the NCAA in Villanova. Basketball star described himself as selfish, humiliated, totally embarrassed, and contrite. Good lord! <laughs> Public flaying, unbelievable. Kettle said nobody knew he was using the number. <laughs> he previously apologized to his teammates. Told them how sorry I was for embarrassing them and letting them down, said Kittles, <laughs> who led the Wildcats in scoring, rebounding, and steals. You know, we're a strong team, a real unit. The guys, you know, they love me to death. I love them to death. They were behind me 100%. I bet they were. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't Hopefully give you we guys the number two. Called somebody. But, I mean, how many people are you calling long distance? And what are you doing? You just talk, I mean, you're talking on the telephone. Yeah. Uh, there, was no, there was no cell phones in the 90s, so. You're on the you're on the dorm phone. You're sitting there on your dorm 1996, phone. 1996. Yeah, you're dragging the phone cord outside so your roommate doesn't have to listen to you talk to your girlfriend. I think okay. So later there was another one with the same conquer. So maybe they should have gotten twelve players were suspended in 2003 for this calling card. That okay. That's the one where Jay was uh, Jay Wright was involved. Jay was the coach. Yeah. Yeah. That was the it. Person it, was it belo- round two. The person it belonged to had no idea the number was being used by other students on campus. Just so having some of the basketball players or some of the students that shared it with each other. So a whole bunch of people. Suspensions range from three to eight games, depending on the dollar amount of the calls. If it, if the amount of for an athlete is less than 100, he can clear himself by making restitution. If it's more than 100, a suspension is mandated. <laughs> All right. There you have it. $101. Get, oh. Call this is your it. Kittles, who's it comes out in here. In New Kittles York. made more than $3,000 in calls during his career at Villanova. Yeah, you know. a better phone plan. <laughs> uh, all right. So anyway, that's why. So NCA has only itself to blame for not yeah. being more efficient. So we'll hear it Thursday from Mark Emmert at, uh, in New Orleans. Uh, he's having a press conference, which usually is a train wreck. And then... Uh, Greg Sankey is having a separate little thing as the head of the transformation committee to the new NCAA governance structure, which I'm sure will be extremely wonky, but we'll see what he has to say as well. Uh, another item, PAC-12 is uh, giving up its expensive uh, office space in San Francisco that spent like $9 million renting. Yeah. You can apparently work from home now in the PAC-12. <laughs> Imagine that. That seems a little much. I kind of want my conference to have an office. The sickos, <laughs> I would too. The sicko's Twitter had a great tweet and said, Pac-12 after dark in your underwear now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want George Kliakoff. I want him wearing pants every day. <laughs> I, mean, yes, I don't need Kliakoff lounging around the house. I think there, it seems like there should be a middle ground between no, you know, like 
Batman mega million high rise in downtown San Francisco and nothing like no office at all. I mean, can't we just get get like a, a sensible building yeah, a in Sacramento couple, or <laughs> a small suite of offices, even just like somewhere? I mean, yeah. these could be out in the suburbs of San Francisco. Right, I mean, it's San in Walnut Creek. Move it to Vegas. Right. I mean, come on. With no office. Yeah, that that seems like a, a, a bit extreme. Yeah, I'm not I don't feel good about this. No. No, I, 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 want, I want I want I want an office. Yeah. <laughs> Just send all your Pac-12 mail to George's house, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. yeah. We send the hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. For all the fans that are pissed at the officiating, where do they send their stuff? Leakov's gonna be like just just downing chicken wings at home, like drinking <laughs> beers. Oh wait, there's a re- referee problem. <laughs> Fourth and ten. Uh, I mean, what? Uh, no office. Pac-12 can't afford an office. <laughs> I did see like I, John Wilner, who of course does the best job covering the Pac-12. He <laughs> did break it down and be like, every school saves five hundred thousand to seven hundred fifty thousand a year, which is not insignificant, as he pointed out. You know, it's like a couple position coaches maybe in football, uh, something like that. But still, it, it seems like they're. We should have a just a little more structure, perhaps, for a <laughs> Power Five conference. George sitting at home in a wife beater, and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, we just had an emergency. I got to get on a Zoom call, grabbing suit coat, you know, and shirt and tie, and still sitting there in his shorts and flip flops. He's got uh, one of those like suit t shirts that he just throws yeah. on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, Multi-level marketing. What is this? It's like, hey, I need to work. I can make thousands of dollars working from home. <laughs> it's like in the comments. It's like the John Clayton Sports Center. Yeah. Know, the, the famous commercial, rest in peace, John, but where he tosses, mom! <laughs> got, got the ponytail. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I made 3.2 million as the Pac-12 commissioner working from home. <laughs> More time with my kids. <laughs> it's an unbelievable deal. <laughs> Send me 10 bucks a month. I'll figure it out. Maybe you get the Pac-12 network That's on true. TV, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I like Leacoff's style, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's, like, he's been awesome. <laughs> How much you guys made me? Guess what? I ain't even showing up for work. You know how? It's like <laughs> he's out thought them all. You know how you never have to show up for work? Don't have work. Ain't nowhere <laughs> to show up. That's right. He can't been be late though. He's been at every single basketball game. Like he's. Oh, he's, it's tough. oh yeah. It's um, awesome. Fine. I, hey, I'll give him credit. I saw him at uh, a game in January, and he watched the game. He didn't just sit there looking at his phone the whole time. So I'm pro George. <laughs> get, we'll get him back when he's in the office. <laughs> uh all right how about do the pac-12 network are they all just going wayne's world now is this i think they have to go in okay no one will know (laughs) there's no proof where do they go (laughs) to go in i i don't know i think they were i think they kept the studios rent some garage space in mountain view or whatever i i I don't know uh i think they're still i don't know they're going to we work (laughs) <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> all right college football recruiting news uh we've been detailing the quarterbacks we're still waiting on uh old arch who was at texas recently again yep 
There had been a there had been a swing in public opinion that Arch Manning would be going to Alabama, but he went and took another look at Texas. Uh, he is supposed to visit Alabama in April, so still waiting. Yeah, but uh, Texas is in the running, so it would be huge. Uh, Do we still are we still thinking that that he will announce that Arch will announce on the the Peyton and Eli show on during Monday Night Football? Uh, I don't think he waits that long. Those are like his crazy uncle. Think about your uncles. How much, res- even if your uncles had won four Super Bowls combined, how much do you really respect your uncles? <laughs> yeah, not that much. They've got enough money in their little show. Yeah, that's what what Cooper needs to do. Dad, Cooper, who's been known to to sit to on a bar stool at, at Kingpin, the great bar in New Orleans. He needs he needs to rent out Kingpin for the announcement and have Arch announce it there. Oh, sc- exclusive to the Yahoo Sports uh, or the College the Football Inquirer. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll extend our invitation. If I see Cooper in New Orleans this week, I'll, I'll propose that to him. Okay, thank you. Dante Moore, also top 10 national recruit, five-star quarterback from Detroit, was at Notre Dame for a couple days this week. It's like spring break time for the high school kids, so there's been right. a lot of recruiting. Yep. He and his dad spent a couple days down there there were all sorts of social media posts, including these waffles that Notre Dame makes with the Notre Dame logo right in the middle. <laughs> Look tasty. The, the, the line that I saw that uh, if I was a Notre Dame fan would give me the most hope was his dad saying, we want to see what the sunrise looks on the Golden Dome or how the Golden Dome looks during a sunrise. Uh-huh. Okay. Like that's some Notre Dame. Oh, that that's some Notre Dame crap right that there. That stirs the souls right? of yeah. all the domers right that's there. That's the opening scene of Rudy. Exactly. <laughs> With like the mist coming off the oh, yeah. off the, the guys rowing a crew across the river, some <laughs> South Bend River. I don't know if they got much of Soaring that. Soaring music. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What if you if you if you really want to make it accurate, it's the grim faced overly bundled up co-eds trudging across campus in eight degree weather and then the sun rising on the on the dome well there you go but uh look at the thing about notre dame is you're either a notre dame person or you're not correct and if you're a notre dame person you're all in oh like that type like we got a golden dome over our campus <laughs> and the law quad and the grotto and this and that and this is the greatest and you got to live you have to embrace all the parts that other people sit there and go that's I'm not doing that I'm not I want an athletic dorm I want this like where's the where's the mini golf course <laughs> I don't care about the law quad. Right. Where's, where's the, the lazy river? Where's the sports management degree? Yeah, where's the sports manager? How much food do I get every day in the thing? Mm-hmm. That and that's that's what. So you, I remember um, uh, Brad Stevens saying at uh, at uh, Butler, they knew the moment anyone visited within about two minutes, they'd get they get them into uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse, and if a kid said, "Can I start? Can I shoot?" I want, can I get, like, they get in there and look at that place. And, you know, everyone yeah. knows Hinkle is awesome and all that. And, and they go, can I shoot? And yeah. if they didn't, it's like, we're done. Right. Yeah. Our guys want to shoot. Sure. Any guy we got a shot with sits there and says, this is the, this is one of the greatest places I've ever seen. Even though I'm not coming here, I want to shoot. If you're just like, uh, where's the upper deck? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> right. You ain't going to be for Butler. Yeah. Okay, go find no, somewhere else go play ball. That's fine. You're either a and Butler it, romantic so. or a Notre Dame romantic or you're not. Yeah. And they sound like they're Notre Dame romantics a little bit. It sounds like it. If he wants to see the sunrise on the Golden Dome, baby, I think there's probably 
500 Notre Dame alums right now ready to fire them video. This is what it looks like. This is the sunrise. This is the sunset. Here's the reflection over on Touchdown Jesus. Here it is on the grotto. Yeah, here's the quote. Quote, we want to wake up and see how the sun comes up on the Golden Dome. So, uh, okay, so aside from all of this, how enormous would this be for Marcus Freeman? I mean, he is loading up on recruits. They have the number one class, and they, they're getting top 100 players now, but most of them are defensive players. But you get this kind of quarterback. This would be probably the, I mean, I guess Jimmy Clausen was the number one quarterback once. Yeah, and so they're, you know, again. I, I mean, that was a long time ago. Sometimes they stars matter, get, sometimes they don't. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But not only do they get a guy this good, he's also an African-American kid from a city school, not right. Yep. like, you know, from Detroit. Yep. I mean, this would be a ma- everybody wants him. You can sit there. I mean, who knows about stars matter, but like everyone in the country's offered this kid. Like this to me would be an enormous recruit. Absolutely. No, for all the reasons you mentioned. First of all, it's a quarterback and Notre Dame has not had a b- bunch of superstar quarterbacks. Secondly, and I was there when they had the Marcus Freeman introduction, and I talked to some of the former players, Chris Zorich, Pat Terrell, from back when they won their last national title, 1988. And they said, Marcus Freeman is going to get us into schools we're not in right now. You know, we're not just recruiting <clears throat> the Catholic schools in Chicago and the Catholic schools in Dayton and Cincinnati and wherever. We're going to go into public schools and we're going to get guys that have been going to Ohio State or going to Alabama or going to Georgia or whatever. So they they feel like this is definitely a time to expand their recruiting reach. And this is a prime example of it. If you can go into Detroit and get a guy who's not, you know, born and raised in the Catholic doctrine, so to speak. Brady Quinn was a four star. Jimmy Clausen was the number one overall five. OK, yeah. there we go. So we're, we'll we'll hope um, wherever Dante goes, he goes a little better than Jimmy Clausen. But this would be an this would be a huge recruit for Notre Dame, and and it would set it up. It would set the class up to be the kind that you start stacking classes like this, and Notre Dame gets gets legit real quick. Like this is the this is the legit level. Brian Kelly used to say, "We can't start beating Georgia and Alabama until we beat them for players," and uh, this certainly, and they're doing that right now. But a quarterback's the most important position, and uh, this uh, this is the, this isn't like you said. This isn't just the. Well, his dad played there, and he's from this school that always sends us the guys. It's it's uh, it's a different deal. All right, before we get to this year's final four, we did want to relive the great moment that we mentioned last week. We weren't really prepared for it. it was the uh, obviously the Duke Carolina rivalry is intense. We've got country singers just <laughs> bailing on twenty thousand people in San Antonio and stuff, but it still pales to the great story of Kentucky Louisville uh, of a decade ago when they met in the Final Four. And uh, here's the story. God, I wish we had the pod that week, but we'll make up for it now. <laughs> yes. It's never too late. It's never too never late. Never too late. We're getting into this. Authorities say Kentucky-Louisville basketball rivalry boiled over at a Kentucky dialysis clinic when one patient punched another during an argument about the teams. <laughs> Police Lieutenant Robert Swanigan said the altercation at the Georgetown Clinic. Where is Georgetown, Kentucky? Georgetown is a little bit north of Lexington. Uh, okay. Generally speaking, deep, big blue territory. Occasionally, right. you'll Belly get a couple the Louisville fans pop up. Okay, well, credit to Charles Taylor. He is a Louisville fan, uh, although it didn't end so well with him, I don't think. Let me see how it plans out. I don't know. Well, to, again, boxy comp numbers. Um, 
It began with a verbal exchange between Ed Wilson, a 68-year-old Kentucky fan, and Charles Taylor, a 71-year-old Louisville fan. The men were arguing about who will win the when the teams meet Saturday in the Final Four. Uh, according to Lieutenant Swanigan, I think this is a first at a dialysis center. Okay. <laughs> Swanigan says Wilson, who was already hooked up to the dialysis machine, flipped off Taylor, who was waiting his turn. So the Kentucky guy flipped off the Louisville guy. That's when Taylor was not going to let this disrespect go. That's when Taylor punched Wilson in the face. <laughs> Wilson was hooked up to the dialysis machine and got popped in the face. You think Chris Rock can take a hit? Yeah, right. He just, this is Wilson telling WKYT. He just happened to think U of L would beat UK and then he started to run his mouth. That's what started it. Taylor said he was actually talking about the matchup with someone else. So the Louisville guy, apparently, he was just talking loud. He was meddling, Taylor said, and told me to shut up and gave me the finger. <laughs> I went up and hit him. <laughs> didn't hit didn't hit him that hard, but I hit him. <laughs> so, Lieutenant Swanigan said he thought tensions would rise as Saturday's game approached, but the fight at the clinic was stranger than they expected. Happy 10-year anniversary to that moment. Right. Wilson declined to file charges. I hope both men are alive and, and can hear this. I hope they are too. And yeah, I hope they're listening. Dialysis and be, working. Great story. Yeah. Great story. Uh, that's, um, I will say, like, I have always said, Duke Carolina, I've, I've actually changed my mind. Duke Carolina is the best rivalry, but I have always said Kentucky Louisville is the most heated, hated rivalry in college basketball because you get stuff like that. You get dialysis clinic fights. I mean, Duke and Carolina, they're they are too busy arguing about who has more class. Kentucky and Louisville, they ain't worried about class. They're just worried about kicking ass. Kentucky won that game. Kentucky won that game. Yep. Won the national title. So punch a dude while he's hooked up to the machine. That doesn't seem fair. But then again, <laughs> if you're flipping people off, you're asking for it. I mean, <laughs> you know. Better be ready. Hooked up to the machine or not. That's right. <laughs> Stay ready, baby. That's right. You're flying Stay birds. Ready. Stay ready. Head on a swivel. That's right. March Madness, man. All right, let's get into the uh, a little bit of this. Uh, Duke, Carolina. Duke is four and a half point favorite over under 132.5. 70% of the bets at Pet MGM and 80% of the money is on the Blue Devils. Pat, who you got? Well, I expect Carolina to shut them out because of Leaky Black. So, you know, <laughs> I figure it's probably going to be about 71 to nothing for the heels. Um, no, I... I I think Duke will win. I think Duke has better talent. Uh, they have been more consistently good. Shashevsky said, <clears throat> you know, we, we had a bad week. And he, he basically owned that we overblew the whole last game at Cameron thing and put too much pressure on our own kids. Uh, and quite frankly, I think this is probably more a Shashevsky family slash school we want to send Mike out the right way than him saying, I need to be honored. I just think that, that it kind of got blown up around him and his very young team did not handle it well. And since then, boy, they've played well. You know, I mean, the way they had stretches against Michigan State and against Texas Tech and then again against Arkansas, maybe five-minute stretches, but when the game was close where they just absolutely were brilliant offensively and good enough defensively. They've added a little zone to the repertoire now. So they can mix. They've got size. They've got speed. They've got guys that can shoot. 
They've got all, all everything you need to win a national title. I don't know whether they will, but they've got enough, I think, to beat North Carolina, which has obviously raised its level of play incredibly starting March 5th in Cameron. And they've got great players, too. I mean, they have size. They have shooters. When, when their guards are playing the way they have been, Caleb Love especially, but R.J. Davis as well, I mean, that could be, this could be a heck of a fun shootout if those guys are hitting. Then I think we're looking at 77 to 75 or something. But if they're not, if, if Caleb Love's back to going four for 18 and not guarding very well, that sort of thing, then it's all on Leaky's shoulders, and that might be too much to ask. Yeah, give me Duke. Give me Duke. Uh, they, they, I think they got exactly what they needed in that final week. They, the pressure was tight. They were playing tight, and now they're playing loose. You look at them the last few games, they look like a completely different team than what they did in Cameron Indoor in the ACC tournament. Yeah, I, I got to ride the Blue Devils here. Give me give me the Coach K in the final game, one more go-around for a title or not storyline. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Duke, too. I just think they have too many good players. Uh, Wendell Moore, A.J. Griffin, Benchero, Mark Williams. I mean, these guys are all NBA-bound. Yeah. Jeremy Roach is a great player. I don't know that he's NBA bound or not, but he might be. Right. Uh, they they just have so much talent, and it's interesting when you go back to that game. I, I you know I like I said I thought these guys couldn't handle the pressure of it. It probably was just way too much. I mean, it, there was something just sort of like over the top about that day, and and I get it was like not really for national consumption. It's more like this is a Duke thing, but. You know, just the family, so much family was like our family sacrifice and all this. Like it was just, I don't know, just everything was felt too big. And UNC yeah. played a perfect game. Four dudes went over 20 points in that game, yeah. too. They played an unbelievable game. Yeah. But I could see it all just being like all week, just being over the top. It everyone. was like I was there and started on Thursday was the first time you're like, hmm, when they, when she, Kay had a press conference and he was really good, but the words North and Carolina never came up. There was no discussion of the game. There was no discussion of, hey, we need to do this or do that or stop this or stop that. It was like North Carolina was a complete afterthought, and it was all like this massive ceremonial festival thing, and like the campus even felt like that. The players, first of all, spring break, so there were no students around, but there was all these people visiting, ESPN employees everywhere, media coming in. You know, everybody interviewing everyone they can see, and it it was not it did not feel normal by any stretch, and it just worked against them, I think, and it certainly worked in Carolina's favor. They could feel the disrespect. I think. I mean, look at nobody has more experience than Mike Shashevsky at coaching in the Final Four, unless we're going to go with Gino Ariema. But in terms of the men's side, so I'm, my guess is he's just running this like he normally does, 13th Final Four, and at this point, the pressure and the finality wouldn't matter who's whatever's going on, right? So yeah. this is it. So if he can keep that, you know, I just think they have a better team than North Carolina, but yeah. uh, obviously going to be a great game. All right, Villanova, Kansas. Kansas is giving four and a half over under 151. Half the bets, but 75% of the money is on KU. Yeah, uh, give me KU. I think the losing more is just too much. 34 minutes a game, that's your stud. That's your guy that you've been leaning on all year. And they're pretty light. They don't go deep into the bench at Villanova. So that, I, I just like Kansas the way they've been playing. Two stout dudes in the, in the middle, inside, that Villanova is going to have a hard time with. So give me the Jayhawks. Yep. Jayhawks will win and cover. Uh, this, yeah, this is uh, with Justin Moore, I would give Villanova a chance. They still would be up against it from a size standpoint. That's, that's immovable. But 
they would have those perimeter players and, you know, the way they space the floor, move the ball, make shots, I, I would give them a chance, especially to kind of frustrate Kansas. But without him, no. This is a six-man team that's now a five-man team. You're going to have to try to get like Brian Antoine, who was a five-star, like top 10 recruit who's been injured and ineffective and really done nothing in his college career. You're going to all of a sudden have to try to get him up to speed in like a week's time. I think that's too much to ask against a very, very good opponent. So uh, it all lines up for Kansas, not just to win there, but then to have the fresher team in the final, I think, on uh, on Monday. So if it's Kansas, I'm going to pick uh, Kansas, too. This is really boring picks. Uh, we all agree. Kansas do. Kansas would be giving one. If it's Kansas UNC, Kansas would be giving five. Okay. Duke Villanova, Duke would be giving 3.5. Villanova UNC, Villanova would be a 1.5 favorite. Really? Nobody like, they don't like Carolina. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, if it's Kansas Duke, who do you got just quickly? Which team? I'm going to take Duke. Rematch of the 1991 finals. Not a rematch, really. I hate when people say that. It's just a, a reoccurrence. <laughs> Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> We're not dusting off Greg Kubek and Mark Randall and Adonis Jordan and Grant Hill. That was not that like, yeah. like when they do those stats, like so-and-so is 112 and 83 all-time on Tuesday nights. Yeah. Okay, great. That's right. Yeah, very relevant. So no, but I'll take Duke. I just think at that point you get there, you know, the you, you've 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 gotten to that point. You finished the job. Uh, could be a heck of a game, and I do think they would be the less rested of the two teams, and that does matter. Sometimes you see teams crack on that Monday night, no matter how badly they want it. But uh, I'm going to say Duke gets it done and wins the whole damn thing. I'll pick Kansas. I'll, I'll take the Jayhawks in this one because it, it, I think the, the first game for Duke is the Super Bowl. They're finally they're going to get the revenge over Carolina. There's going to be so much emotion this week going to that game. And Kansas just sitting back there. They're going to, like you said, they're going to be more rested, and nobody's going to be talking about them on Monday. It's all going to be about coach this, coach say that, final game, yada yada yada, and they're going to go and get get the dub. I like Kansas too. I like their team. A, I love the way they close games, and I'm with. Sully on the emotional letdown of, I mean, I know you're going to try to get up, but this is going to be a very emotional game on Saturday night for Duke Carolina. So women's final four briefly, Louisville is playing South Carolina. Carolina, South Carolina is uh, an eight and a half point favorite. Make a pick on that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got to go with South Carolina there. Louisville's no hometown pride. What the heck? No, sorry. I mean, we're here to pick games, man. Not to, not to cheer for your hometown. South Carolina's team is awesome. Aaliyah Boston, probably the best player in college basketball. Uh, you know, maybe Paige Beckers, but just a force, big force down low. And she was the one, she she made some mistakes at the end of that heartbreaking loss in the championship game last year to Stanford. She was in tears after that. I think she's been on a mission since then. Uh, and they're just really good. Louisville's program is unbelievable. I mean, Jeff Walls has done a phenomenal job. He's recruiting at an incredibly high level. They have a star, star player in Haley Van Lith was mentored to a degree, tutored by Kobe Bryant. Uh, and she had the immortal Great quote, quote after they after they beat Michigan in the Elite Eight. She had the immortal quote when interviewed said, what would Kobe tell you right now? And said, fucking go win that shit. And so that's what, <laughs> that's her orders. That's what she's going to try to do. Uh, Don't but, ask. Yeah. That, yeah. Was like, that question was like, it, yeah, people were, people were upset. There was cuss words, I know. Whatever. Yeah, I thought that was great. That was a great line. That's pretty much what Kobe would say. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. I, uh, 
Carolina, I'm going South Carolina as well. Teams, they've been, they went wire to wire, number one. Yeah. Women's basketball often shows you who the best team is. It's like, believe it. And it looks like it's South Carolina. Sully, you with South Carolina? Eight and a half is a lot of points, but that's a, that's a great team. Uh, And then in the other game, you got Connecticut, Stanford, UConn uh, had one of their worst seasons. They had everybody injured, including Paige Beckers. She returns to Minnesota. She's from outside Minneapolis. Uh, I think this game is in St. Paul, uh, somewhat nearby. Um, they will take on Stanford. Connecticut is a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Stanford is the favorite. Uh, Sully, we'll start with you. What do you think? Hard, hard, to, hard to pick against Beckers and UConn after watching that NC State game. That was an all-time classic overtime thriller. Great game. Great game. So I'll, I'll, I'll stick, with, stick with the Huskies there. Crashing the party. One of the worst years ever. Uh, no, I'm... I'm- definitely rolling with stanford there i i mean homer <laughs> no they i mean uh, you wouldn't take UConn, louisville but you will UConn take went to overtime playing a home game against nc state and that's one of the big problems with the women's tournament is you still have home games and you gave a lower seed the home, it game. They home played, game it was they a bridgeport, in bridgeport connecticut. connecticut it's a home game come on sometimes that happens wisconsin played in milwaukee in the first round of the ncaa's they did. They were also a three seed. They were, you know, they weren't playing anybody seated higher than them in those two games. So, you know, this this was wrong to have a, a number one seed playing a road game. Um, they could and, have sent Connecticut somewhere else. I agree. Yeah, so that's that's one of the problems with the women's team game is that they are dependent on home crowds to fill arenas. And but that was only one time. I mean, that was only one of the the sweet like the Sweet Sixteen sites. It was the only one that had that issue. Yeah, it was, but. Now they play the first two rounds at home. Yeah, right. And that's a problem. That's a problem. But, but then this is a bigger problem because you have a lower seeded team getting a home else. advantage. That's it. Connecticut play, should not play. have been able to play in Bridgeport unless they were a one seed and they were not. So I, I didn't like that. But so anyway, look, they, but they still, they had to go to overtime to win their home game. Stanford's been great all year. They're 32 and three. Uh, they played South Carolina. Good game early on. Uh, I watched it. They South Carolina won at home, 65-61. Uh, Stanford, Haley Jones, one of the best players in the country, really fun to watch. Cameron Brink, great center. The Hull sisters, they've got gamers. They've been there. They won it all last year. They're going to beat Connecticut and go back to the championship game. I love Becker's, watching Becker's play, man. She just She's slippery. She just slides into these spots in a bank jumper. Yeah, great shooter. Great, great shooter. Uh, I will. I'll, if I'm getting a point and a half, and I got Connecticut, I'll take it. I don't think they beat South Carolina though. I got South Carolina for the win. I'm Anyone a, disputing that? Yes, I'm. I'm taking, uh, taking Stanford, Stanford all the way. Stanford to win right. it all. I'd like my daughter to at least talk to me. I don't care about anybody in the city of Louisville talking to me, but I'd like my daughter to still talk to me. Okay, that's she would. That would have ended your relation, father daughter relationship. Twenty years. I'd like years. to think not, but you know, let's not let's not push it. <laughs> don't don't test the waters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I rock the boat. Who really cares, right? Uh, all right. Finally, this story. Um, you know, we've we've discussed where's the Guntown kangaroo, right? The Guntown Mississippi kangaroo. If you recall, kangaroo escaped uh, in in Guntown Mississippi and was not seen. Uh, I have been pretty certain that someone in a town called Guntown uh, put a put a slug in the side of that thing, and it's uh, it's currently up in the wall somewhere. Probably Terrible. some kangaroo jerky too involved. Kangaroo jerky. It's my guess. 
The kangaroo is fine. But I do not. Yeah, Pat is Pat is going more that the kangaroo has escaped. And, and this lends belief that it's possible. There was the kangaroo that showed up in South in Fort Lauderdale. Right. And in the state from you in Michigan, there is another one. Yeah. No. Yeah, there was a kangaroo in Michigan, too. <clears throat> See, our dude's um, been getting around. Maybe. So uh, here we have this story uh, comes out of Wichita, Kansas. Nothing good ever happens. There's never like <laughs> every story from Wichita. Like, there's never like news from Wichita other than weird news. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anything ever happens in Wichita. <laughs> One of two flamingos that escaped from a Kansas zoo during a storm 17 years ago. What? Set, yeah, 2005. <laughs> has been spotted on the coast of Texas, wildlife official says. A flamingo, two flamingos, made a jailbreak. It's like escape from Alcatraz or or like uh, the end of Shawshank when you waited, Andy right. Dufresne waited for the thunder yep. to break into the, the sewage pipe that he would cut. How did he know it was going to storm? How did he know that night? He was ready, man. He prepared he was not on like... The flamingos. 1940s present. Was he on weather.com? I don't think so. It's a big <laughs> plot problem in that movie. Anyway, Coastal Fishery Division of the Texas Park and Wildlife confirmed Tuesday to the Associated Press that the African flamingo, known as number 492, very creative. <laughs> you can't even give the because, poor thing a name? Come on. Because of the number on its leg band. Gee, All right. Thing. Yeah. But was captured on video on March 10th by an environmental activ activist near Port La Lavaca, Texas. Yep. That is where my uncle lives. So I'm Sully, <laughs> this might Sully be claiming him. yet another spot. Another okay. town for Sully. Yeah. Another town. Port Lavaca, I, I grew up in Port Lavaca. Port Lavaca High School, the sand crabs. My grandmother used to cheer the for them. Sand crabs. Pinch them, like crab. Pinch them, crab. Pinch them. Is there trouble? Really? Yep. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever see a flamingo? Uh, no. While you were down there? No. Officials were able to make out the, the leg band on the video. Wow. The bird and another flamingo escaped from the Sedgwick County Zoo in Wichita on a stormy night in June 2005. Dang. Employees had not yet clipped the bird's wings to prevent them from flying, which facilitated their escape, I bet. Uh, while other flamingo, the other flamingo was never seen again. Number 492 has been spotted several times in Wisconsin, Louisiana, and Texas. <laughs> Wisconsin? Sometimes, yeah, went up there. Why not? <laughs> Check out the badgers. Great summers <laughs> up there. Yeah, yeah right. Well, now he's spring breaking in uh, the, the coast of Texas. That probably hits South Padre down there, right? Zoo officials have never made plans to recapture number 492. That's good. I mean, the yeah. guy escaped. Maybe they're a little chap. They lost their flamingo, but this is where he should be. See, it's like, you know what? The, in Shawshank, again, you go, you put the boat on the coast and you fix up the boat. This is the, he's down there at 492. Is, I think we should name him like, you know, Walter or something. I mean, he's got to have a name other than 492. Andy, Andy and Red. Andy. Going to, right. Yeah, Andy. Red. So Juan Tateo or whatever. He's yeah, big, I, but his name is Red. It's perfect. Because <laughs> he's Irish. Yeah. He's Irish. Uh -huh. Right. Uh, I was thinking, like, is this bird getting really old? But I just looked it up. Flamingos can live to be 40 to 60 years old. So, wow. Might be of spring break age right now, you know? So the kangaroo could be loose. This is like, the you ever see one of those guys, they escape and then they live like a quiet life for 30 years and then yeah. they get caught and they yeah. get send them back to prison. And it's like, I think he's rehabbed. <laughs> I agree. That's mean. It's poor. I'm happy for 492. He, what a. What a crap life for a flamingo getting stuck being gawked at by 
third grade <laughs> field trips in Wichita. In Wichita. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be was, gawked at, there are better places. Was born in Africa and shipped to the Kansas Zoo in 2004 with 39 other flamingos. <laughs> this, that shouldn't be legal. Should not. No importing so, flamingos. Zoos Good. are weird. I live right near a zoo. Zoos are weird. Hey, now I'm pro zoo. We got we got to raise. Really? Yeah, we got to raise awareness, and they do a lot of good things and like breeding uh, rare animals and and raising awareness to endangered species. Raising awareness. What about the individual? This 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 flamingo four ninety two just had to sacrifice to raise awareness of what you you want to be in a, a Wichita Kansas fed every day or be in Africa you could have been a lunch for a freaking lion I'm I'm picking <laughs> you don't, Wichita I want to live my life <laughs> you want to be coddled by the Wichita zookeepers <laughs> yeah Some bur- especially if I'm an endangered species like if if I'm a polar bear I would much rather be in a zoo than my I like trying to find a seal going out on slippery ice like yeah, no, I'm I'm 100 slippery ice. Like, <laughs> the, the ice is receding. I don't know if you know, Dan. They're the, the, I, they're gonna fall and like break their hip. They're a polar bear. They're <laughs> this is what they're built for. Polar bears are pro ice. They yeah, are. they they're, are pro ice, but the ice is cracking and they can only well, swim. No, no, that's they a problem. Only, they can only they can only hold their breath for a minute and they can only swim down about 20 feet ish because right. they're covered. That's in a fat. problem. So let's say some aliens show up, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's say some aliens show up <laughs> okay. and they want to they want to capture some some humans and put them in a zoo on their alien land. And so you get scooped up with like 39 other randos <laughs> around the globe. <laughs> and they throw you in a I don't know what the zoo would look like. Like they try to make it like a big living room or something, you'd all be crapping next to each other and get a tv you would be fine because yeah. you got like buffalo wild wings twice yeah, did a day you get or a tv and three three squares a day do, do they do there they a pack 12 network <laughs> no of course not well you can't even get that in san deal francisco off. Deal off. you might as well be a pack 12 employee just sitting around at home <laughs> And need someone to go, well, this stinks. I want to be with my family and my friends. And maybe the bad cable package. They probably don't even really have the cable. So you're just stuck like looking at something that looks like a TV or you're watching alien TV. You don't even understand. <laughs> just Shawshank. <laughs> and aliens are coming by to gawk at you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of snotty fourth graders like <laughs> uh, to Flamingo. Right. <laughs> like my friend that punched the giraffe in seventh grade. Yes. Yeah. Pat had the guy punched the giraffe. Idiot kids are punching you, alien kids. <laughs> they just want dipping dots. They don't even want to see the animals. And you got to sit there and go, well, it's good because we raised awareness. Yeah. <laughs> and you're fine with it. 100%. Yeah, if we're an I'm endangered jo- species, but yeah, we're, we're not, we're doing species. okay. Yeah, right now, sure. we, we are not subject <laughs> to too many predators, I will say. Putin. I'll uh, tell you stories know. about the, your Royal Oak Zoo sometime here, Dan. I guess we'll, we'll save that for another Why, podcast. Why, you been there? No. But uh, Aiden Hutchinson's dad works the ER near there and has sewn up some of the workers who have been mauled at your zoo. Wow. Yeah, that zoo's right down the end of my street here. Yeah. He treated he treated some dude who got, like, bit by a lion as years ago. And then all the, like, the guy comes back and he's been mauled by an aardvark. Like oh, the claws of the aardvark. And he's, he's sewing him up for that. And then he's, like, asking him, hey, what are these other scars? He's like... Oh, yeah, I got bit by a lion. He goes, oh, wait, I treated you. <laughs> a return Small. patient. 
Yeah, that guy might push. not be good at his job. <laughs> yeah, Aardvarks right. are, are they they have, they have big claws. They got they some got, claws on them. They yeah. got they got to get the little grubs and stuff. And yeah, and out of they trees. dig. They dig. Mm-hmm. I might go down there and see if I can, you know, <laughs> cut a little hole in the fence. See what happens. <laughs> see what go Aardvark. <laughs> no, I don't need that. They run by my house or something. You're yeah. gonna start jailbreaking. Bring an Aardvark over to your daughters. <laughs> you know, need someone on the outside, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know there was an art fart down there. There is. See, you gotta go. Ner- Check out the I'm zoo. A little nervous. A little nervous. All right. An art well, fart. Congratulations, four ninety two. We got a bunch of other stuff we didn't get to. I'm sure we can get to it uh, next week. Uh, this podcast has clearly gone on long enough, <laughs> as they always do. Hey, everybody order Jersey Mike's today. By the way, all oh, the proceeds yeah. go to Special Olympics today so it, it, it including awesome. all of our st peter's basketball players get on it even if there you don't you go. like sandwiches even if you don't like sandwiches doug eddard order a jersey mics come on man talk to you all next week <laughs>